0: Everybody, and welcome back to the Forza Italian Football Podcast. We're here to talk about round 26 of Serie A, the league that nobody wants to win. To look back at round 26, and just one team in the top half won this weekend. It's been a bit ridiculous. I'm Connor Clancy. I'm joined by Ewan Burns. Mr. Burns, how are you?
1: I'm very good. How are you? you, I'm, okay. you?
0: <laughs> I'm okay. I'm uh, okay. I mean, I'm not really okay. I've I've been hallucinating in the last 24 hours due to what I suspect is sleep deprivation accumulated over the last week, so last night I went for a walk by the river in Parma and I saw a kangaroo and a wolf and I hadn't smoked anything or consumed any alcohol, so read into that what you will. Uh, We're also joined by someone who is probably no stranger to hallucinations, Kev Pugzelski. Kev, how are you keeping, mate?
2: I'm all right. I've uh, a bit sleep deprived. It's uh, you know only just back from Italy, watching uh, Liverpool beat Inter.
0: Hmm.
2: And, uh, and I've yeah, I've a bone to long. pick
0: with you because you said hmm. you're
2: not going to be back for a while. Did
0: that just mean San Siro or Italy in general?
2: Um, well, I, I might actually be back because I'm now thinking about going. I'm coming over to Genoa for the Genoa. Yes, do The Derby it. in May. So. Uh, yeah, I might make an, an extended trip to, to Italy again. Um, I didn't get any pizza this time, so I, I need to come back for That's that just leave, not reason right. alone.
0: Come to, come to Genoa. I'll meet you there and we'll get some farinata. We'll get some pizza. We'll get some focaccia. We'll we'll eat well. We'll eat well. And some pesto as well, of course. Um Sounds a good Ken, plan. we missed you last week. You, mm. you weren't with us. You were watching a different and
2: inferior football. I, I was trying to, um, I'm not a Super Bowl fan, but I'd been invited to a 12 hour party at a pub. And, too um, long. I, yes, it was too long for me because I started on the 8% IPAs. And, um, I'm ashamed to say that I did fall asleep around midnight at the table. You did, so, a, you did a veto. So I, I missed a half time. 15 show. minutes into the game. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think I fell asleep shortly before halftime. I'm, I'm assuming there is a halftime in American football, um, uh, and yes,
0: and yeah, then just sort of walked home
2: while, while Dre were playing football. and left I do think it, <laughs> it, it would be wrong of us if we
0: continued this podcast without bringing some good news to our listeners, which is, of course, that Mr. Pugzelski you've you've found a publisher for for a book that you have written and are in the process of of finalising. Congratulations. Um, We're all very proud of you here at FIF. Do you want to give the listeners a bit of a teaser as to what that's about and why they should buy it when it's released?
2: Um, Yeah, so I've been spending uh, a large portion of my time, more before the pandemic uh, than after, visiting some of the biggest uh, derbies between sides in the same city and kind of writing about the experience, why people should go and do it. And the book hopefully is um eventful or she shares some of my eventful experiences and also shows why people should just get out there and go and do it because i think some of the really big ones obviously there are really big ones like the um the the super classico in Uh, in Buenos Aires.
0: you went to the super classico as well right the one
2: that was no no no, i went i I went i went (laughs) to the one i went to one directly after it so they uh they they had extremely high police police presence Mm. um but yeah, I think a lot of people don't think they can get to those games. I think there's even ones in Italy, you know. So, so Italy is the only the only country where there are two derbies covered. Um, I'll let people buy the book and find out which two. But just because you have got that real intense rivalry of sort of, of, of in in the same city, um, so maybe maybe because several share stadia and things. But um, but yeah, hopefully people enjoy it. I'm I am a little surprised somebody's. Uh, wants to print my words but
0: uh... <laughs> having edited thousands upon thousands of your words kev i'll say the same thing <laughs> i'm <laughs> joking <laughs> of course Thank but, you. no it's it's great news i'm i will say as well i was surprised by at least one of the omissions from the italian side of things but then i realized you were doing 10 in the world so it, you did have to to pick and choose where you could but it's really good news um there was a certain derby in Spain that I, without having ever met the people involved, I, I helped you with that one. So I hope I get a mention in the in the acknowledgements at the beginning.
2: I've just been writing your name into that chapter, actually. <laughs> um, it is the final <laughs> chapter that I do have to write um, because it came so late in the process. But uh, yes, you, you, you have been name-dropped. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. That's all I want. One mention, fine.
0: Anyway... Let's get into the Serie A, shall we? Because it was quite an incredible round of fixtures. We baked it up beforehand on the preview pod, Ewan, but I don't think we could have expected that only one team in the top half of the table would win this weekend. And that is because Juventus were held 1-1 to Torino on in the Derby della Mole on Friday night to kick things off. Samp beat Empoli 2-0. Roma Verona finished 2-2 after the Giallarossi came from 2-0 behind. Milan Salernitana finished 2-2 in Salerno, which I don't think anybody would have seen coming. Sunday kicked off with Fiorentina beating Atalanta in controversial fashion there, it's got to be said. Venezia, Genoa finished 1-1. Genoa just liked drawing 1-1 against the other relegation-threatened teams. Sassuolo went to Inter and beat them 2-0. Udinez drew 1-1 Lazio. Cagliari and Napoli finished 1-1 on Monday night. Because nobody wants to win the Scudetto this season. And then Bologna beat Spezia 2-1 to finish things off. Mm -hmm. Now, just a reminder, that preview pod that I mentioned is available on Patreon.com slash Forza Italian Football, as well as a Champions League review pod after Inter's game last week. Kev and I will be doing a Champions League review pod after Juve's game this week. And Kev will be joining me for the preview pod at the end of the week as well. And on Saturday or Sunday, I can't remember when, I published a newsletter from my trip to Marassi with Salernitana and their away fans last weekend. But it's really hard to know where to start with this weekend's football. So I think we've probably got to start with the most recent of the teams at the top to fail to take advantage of everybody else's slips, which happened in Sardinia where Cagliari went 1-0 up against Napoli, Ewan, and Victor Ozzyman scored in the 87th minute to steal a point for the Parthenope. and it's... I mean, they, they blew it. They had a huge chance, and they couldn't take it.
1: Yeah, they, they blew it, and were relatively fortunate to get away with a point as well. I think Calgary had more in the way of clear-cut chances, from what I remember, in that second half. In terms of the way all the other results fell and you know, Napoli going away to a team in the bottom three, they they simply could not win the game. That is not how football and fun title races work. They, Winning was out of the question. It's, it's not on the cards. So I think they, well, they won't be happy with the point. But if I were a Napoli fan, I'd have been thinking to this game, we can't possibly win. It's far too good to be true if we win this game away at a team in the bottom three. When everyone else has dropped points, we just, you know, you you, you take the point and go, well, do you know what? No one got away from us and no one got injured.
0: Kev, there was a bit of a feeling, wasn't there? Because after Atalanta were beating up Fiorentina, their first away loss this season as well, you just kind of got the vibe that it was one of those odd weekends. And I put out a tweet to say, Milan have slipped, Juve have slipped, Atalanta have slipped, Sassuolo are playing Inter next. And then Inter lost. And then when that finished, you just thought, but well, there's no way Napoli are going to win on Monday night because there's just there's a higher force at work here. But <laughs> Napoli have got to be just bitterly disappointed. And is it unfair to question the? I don't like using the word mentality, but but questioning what was going on in those players' heads coming into this game. Did they psych themselves up a little bit too much, or or did they get in their own heads a little bit too much? Do you think?
2: Yeah, what you're saying about the sort of the run of results, it was the Inter one for me that kind of I thought oh, that's, you know, it, it almost felt like it was setting it up for Inter to kind of start pulling away and that didn't happen. I I feel for, for Napoli a little. I think uh, it, it's fine for us to say they were facing somebody in the bottom three, but they're facing somebody in the bottom three with 12 games to go. So they have, they, they, the pressure on them to win games is as yeah. In, well, at, you know, at, you know, as big as the pressure on Napoli to, to to win, and and I think some some of these players that are still there, I think historically they've they seem to they seem to struggle when something's been kind of laid out for them to mm. then go and get a victory. Um, and I, I don't I, I don't think it's necessarily that they expect the win because they will be more than aware of Cagliari's position, but just that it becomes more in the back of your mind. It's you know, say. You're, you're through on goal and you would usually sort of nine times out of 10 take a straight, but then suddenly you hesitate for that one second and you're looking for a player better positioned. And while you're looking for that player, then suddenly the, the chance is gone. I think you're second guessing what you're doing because there's so much importance on getting those three points. And, I think that is more likely than them kind of just, you know, walking out on the pitch and thinking they're going to win or be psyched out of the fear of sort of taking advantage of the sides that have dropped points. It just becomes a very difficult task when you are the last of all those sides to play.
0: Is there something a a little bit deeper at play with with Napoli though? Because last season they, they had fourth. I mean, they should have had fourth place wrapped up when they played Verona on the last day of the season and Verona side with nothing to play for and Napoli just needed to win to get the Champions League and, and they messed that up and Juve got it on the final day but also in round 34 of last season as Patrick Kendrick pointed out on Twitter today they dropped two points by conceding to, to Nandez in the in the 94th minute against Cagliari again and the, it's come back the same team similar situation and it's been the same result. They've, they've dropped points. I know Spalletti's come in and he, he's improved them quite a lot. But have people been getting maybe a little bit too excited about Napoli? And to be fair to us, I don't think we have.
2: No, they've, they've kind of flown under the radar a little bit this year. I don't think it helped when they, they faced Inter last week and then Spalletti came out and sort of kind of bigged up into rather than his own players. You know, and kind of accepted that a one-one draw at home was, you know, was was, was well. In fact, it is positive, but from the position that, that they were in, isn't isn't great to to hear your own coach say, well, you know, this is actually a good point because they're a much better squad than we than, than we are. Um, when when this is an ideal opportunity to to kind of go for a scudetto this year, because as you mentioned earlier, nobody seems to want to win it. Um, it did feel a bit strange as well that they're they're playing. Tonight, when they're facing Barcelona on Thursday, Odd. unless unless I am mistaken, just because you know take away from the players, but Spalletti must be thinking because they must still think that they are the third horse in this Scudetto race, and mm. that the Europa League actually presents a, a really good chance to win a competition. So he, he can't take his eye off of that, and also you get the opportunity to turn Barcelona over. So, I think that added to the fact that they aren't that far behind in the Toyota race. It isn't as if they were six points behind Milan and a, a, a win was crucial, whereas they could leave Cagliari tonight with a point and actually go into Thursday night's game looking to, to beat Barca and, and progress in the Europa League.
0: It's a tricky one, right? Because in this, this round of Europa League, the, the games are played consecutive weeks, so they couldn't have played it on Saturday, but Sunday did seem the the obvious choice, I guess. But I I don't know. It it did seem a little bit odd that they were playing on the Monday night in Sardinia. Um, if, guess,
2: if you want to be if you yeah. want to be a real conspiracy theorist, then you'll be, Juventus have had an extended Ooh. break by being given Friday. When <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I couldn't tell you if they're playing Tuesday or Wednesday, but Tuesday, it still feels Tuesday. like they've been given a they've been given a significant break before their Champions League time.
0: Yeah, well, to be fair, to, like I said, yeah, they don't do many things right. But what they do is they often let the Champions League team playing on a Tuesday, play their, their games on a Friday night, um, which will be fully behind. And Juve, as far as I know, Kev, okay, I think I said this to you the other day, so that's why it's in my head. But I think Juve are on Tuesday night, which is when we'll record. It's tonight's Monday. We'll uh, record another podcast tomorrow night. Jeez, the patrons, <laughs> the patrons are getting value for money, you know. Um, so, yeah to give them their credit there. Look, conspiracy theories, we'll we'll park them for now because I've seen a lot of talk of conspiracy (laughs) theories this weekend and not from the usual suspects. So we we might get into that a little bit later. Um, Do you know what? As I was saying that, Ewan laughed, which made me think, he's thinking of a different conspiracy reference to me. So there's been loads of it sitting on this weekend. (laughs) So I can't wait to dig a little deeper into that. But We've got to give credit to Cagliari, do we? Because they come alive at this time of the season. They did it last year. They looked dead and buried. They made a late surge and they stayed up. Now they've beaten. They haven't beaten, but they've drawn four games in a row. No, they haven't. They're unbeaten in four games. They've won one of those. And they they look like they're going to give themselves a fighting chance again, Ewan.
1: Yeah, they, like I said, they did create a lot in the second half of this game. And... Um... Spina after being dodgy for dodgy for yeah, dodgy for the goal, he made a really, really good save very soon after. Mm. And there was there was a little there was a little patch where you thought, you know, Caldery could not There were two or three, or three, three good saves for right. his credit. Yeah, he, he did react quite well to what was a cock up basically. Um but I, I I was quite sort of dismissive of this Caldery side at the start of the season. I was pretty sure they were gonna go down. But sometimes when you watch them you just feel like there might slightly be enough quality there's mm-hmm. there's there's enough players i'm thinking people like um uh, well he's is the obvious one <laughs> but, um Israel what's Bedroom. his face marin um he made a lovely run and very nearly scored a brilliant goal in this game there's, there's there's just got a few players who can do something like that every now and then and sometimes that can be the fine line especially with how tight it is down there that can actually keep you up.
0: I do think that he didn't have his best game tonight. He had quite a stinking miss actually, but Daniela Bozzelli is going to be a decent mm. signing for them because if he gets back to fitness, he's a very good mm. mid-table, lower bottom or er, lower top half of the table player in Serie A. Um, so I do think he could turn out to be a decent player for them once he gets back into the rhythm of playing. And they've got João Pedro, so they'll probably stay up because... He just scores goals, doesn't he? <laughs> he just <laughs> scores. You don't often get guarantees at the bottom of the table, but he very much is one for Cagliari. So they've got a fighting chance as long as they've got him about. Can we, before we go on with the rest of the title race, jump back to Friday evening? Because the Derby della Mole shouldn't be coming in third or fourth because it's a great occasion. And the result is worth talking about. Juventus went one up early on through Matthias Delict. And then Andrea Belotti, Il Gallo the Rooster, what a comeback. Back in the eleven, back on the score sheet. Kev, he's available on a free transfer at the end of this season.
2: I know it seems uh, phenomenal, but with a with a contracted uh, sort of transfer market, it, it feels that this is happening kind of all, all across Europe. That there are there are certain players that if they sign even a short time term deal at their clubs the clubs values them so highly that actually they won't get a move when they probably they probably deserve one and, and i kind of put blotti in that category that he maybe should go to someone challenging for a title whether that is in in italy or not he's, or coming, whether
0: home, he, he's coming home
2: to, uh, yeah so, so okay so he won't be challenging for a title Rude. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, you know there, there there are similarities with Insigne, who is is taking a, oh. the, the offer of a huge payday. I still haven't um, accepted that, you know. It was interesting. I was reading a a, a world soccer article, and I didn't quite realise what he'd been offered um, yeah. by De Laurentiis, and, and and why it's so obvious that he's going there. Mm. And you can see exactly why. And I think that's probably a, a similar a, a similar thing that velotti might have in his in his head. Um, and probably for the first time, he's gone to the. Is it still the Juventus Stadium or is it the Allianz? Now? The Allianz. Um, we both. The both. Allianz. It's okay. And um, aside from the kind of the goals or, or Torino falling behind, it was just it. It was how Torino sort of went for Juventus, sort of not you know at Juventus's ground. I just hadn't seen uh, before. There's patches when they're playing. At home, but they actually sort of looked like they wanted to go for the jugular, uh, particularly after getting the equaliser with half an hour to go, and it's concerning, isn't it? as If you're a Juventus fan,
1: that was what was surprising. Like, as the the attitude that they had, we sort of said in the preview that you know they're very organised, etc. They're gonna they're gonna just do their thing and see what they can get, see if you, they start firing blanks, but it. Once they equalised, it wasn't like that at all. And, you know, that feels similar to Calgary's attitude against Napoli. You wonder if they almost set the t- set the tone for the whole weekend of everyone sat down and watched Torino really, really get at Juve and cause them genuine problems and be in with a chance of winning the game right up until the end. If anything, they look more likely than Juve. Mm. Um And, yeah, it just seemed a very different attitude to what they've shown all season. They were properly, properly up for that game.
0: A lot of overreaction to this, in my opinion, in that people are saying, "Oh, look, Juventus aren't that good." They drew a derby against a decent side. Uh, am I, am I missing something <laughs> here, or, or does this mean that Juventus are now rubbish?
1: They're victims of the um, that their own that game against Hellas Verona. Well, they their own incredibly short term success of that that fun game they against was, Hellas Verona, where they both they scored were, the two goals. They were guys.
0: unbeaten since they haven't lost in Serie A since
1: the
2: end of November.
0: They're on a really good run. <laughs> uh, I, 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 was,
2: I was referencing further back, to be to be fair. Just that they used to be so dominant. I think if, even their own fans or other fans can always always compare this side now to that side that went on the run and won um, seven titles. Nine titles. In, nine titles. And, uh, oh, sorry, I shouldn't, shouldn't take two titles off them, should I? <laughs> and, um... <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. oh, that's going to stink. <laughs> That, is, oh, <laughs> that, would, that would come, come up again
0: <laughs> as, as someone who recently tweeted about Juventus and muted the tweet within five seconds because I knew what was to come, and sure enough,
2: it came. Prepare but, yourself. But, but the domestic landscape has been dominated by Juventus for so long that, like Ewan says, it's almost Torino getting at them on Friday night made... Made the others realise not just how much weaker they were, but actually how m- more even the probably Serie A is at the moment. And Salernitana then went for Milan. Yeah. Cagliari have gone for Napoli tonight. Sassuolo went to San Siro and and went for Inter. And it's you know I mean it, it does. It kind of set. It did really did set that time.
0: The Salernitana one's huge because Salernitana came from one nil down to be leading Milan and. Until Ante Rebic scored in the 77th minute, it really looked like Salernitana were gonna, were gonna hang on. And it's only now looking back at the times of the goals, I'm I'm seeing that hang on, Salernitana were only ahead for five minutes. It can't have just been me who thought that felt like they were ahead for about 20. <laughs> I'd imagine for Davide Nicola and and everyone in Salerno, that felt like they were ahead for about three days. But that is an incredible result and. David Nicola has an amazing record that he's never lost his first game in charge of a Serie A team and he's never coached a good team. He always comes in as a firefighter against these rubber with these rubbish sides. Wasn't it Crotone and where was he where was he last season? It was Torino wasn't it when he went in and Torino were in bits. And now he's done it at Salernitana as well. So he's done so well but I does anyone have anything nice to say about Salonitana before I ask my next question? Because I do think it very much cheapens their result.
1: Yes. Okay. Only. Make, only the um,
0: pile it on, please, because the next question is going to make it seem like nothing.
1: Well, I'll be nice and make them seem irrelevant as well. Nice in the sense that the game looked that. The stadium looked really fun that night. Like Everything everything around the pitch looked wow. like everyone in there, apart from the Milan fans, was having the time of their life. Mm. <laughs> um, but the thing that makes it, is not as nice, was I the only one who did not realise that they'd changed manager again until this weekend? I... I Genuinely, until the game. <laughs> <I just held laughs> I'm, I'm glad you said that, Kevin. I, I was banking on that. <laughs> I... It was only when the game was happening and I saw him mentioned, I was like, hang on, <laughs> they changed again.
0: <laughs> I fall into that trap with Genoa and I always assume they have changed coach when they never have. But no, I mm. was I was on top of, of Nicola's appointment purely because Colantuono's ex-Atalanta had a bit of a soft spot for him for that. But sorry, I couldn't help you there. Was that your nice thing?
1: No, no. The nice thing was that the, the ground and everyone looked very happy oh, during okay. the game. It all, it all looked like good fun. The other what? thing was that I didn't realise anything that was happening for them. <laughs> well, let me
0: tell you, going having been to that away game with them last week mm. they are fun like it yeah. is brilliant and having seen them away at Sassuolo as well I, I was in the press box that day the Salernitana fans are something else and I think we might have said this on a preview pod you and it was definitely when it was just the two of us but there's an awareness with most Salernitana fans that they're not going to be here next season just make the most of it and yeah, you see that on the away games, but then when they're when they're hosting someone like Milan, who've won seven Champions Leagues, it, it, the whole place comes out, you know, and you do get that great atmosphere.
2: They were great at San Siro because I was at that game in December, you know, and and they absolutely packed out the mm. the away end, and you could, it, it was a freezing it was a freezing cold day, but you could hear them over, you know, the majority of the Milan fans, and, and actually I had a weird. I had a weird text message um, before the game started from a friend, which I I knew instantly that he was chasing a bad bet because he was like, it was like Salernitana Sal- الد- Sal- الد- Milan today, but and it wasn't who's going to win. It was how many corners do you think there'll be? And I'll say, well, <laughs> I, I said, well, I don't think there'll be very many because I think Milan will think they're far too good for Salernitana الد- because when I saw them at San Siro early in the season, they they took an early lead. And then they acted like the Harlem Globetrotters, like Liao doing far too many stepovers, Salamakas deciding to try and take on fifteen men at a time, um, and maybe that crept in again with this game, and that's what you know what allowed Salernitana to take advantage because they looked far more proactive than what they were in the return game.
0: Salernitana so, fans, maybe turn off now. It's not aimed at you, but just asking this question seems a bit disrespectful, so I'm sorry. Granata supporters but here we go so I got a message from my dad earlier today right and my dad has had the quietest week of his life and he he doesn't know what he's been doing with himself so he obviously just went and looked at all of the league tables around Europe and I got this (laughs) message from him so he said forgetting about games in hand the point difference between first and third in the top divisions in Europe's top top leagues is England 13 Scotland 23 and then he adds I know it's not a top league, (laughs) Spain, 11, (laughs) France, 14, Germany, 16, and Italy, three. Now that was sent before this evening's game. So let me just double check. That is now down to two, isn't it? Yes, it is. So Napoli, Inter, Milan are separated by just two points. And he said, surely everyone wants to see a competitive league. And my response, Kev, I'll come to you for this first and then ewan can join in too because i think he's probably a bit more optimistic than we are was but it's because everyone's area is rubbish but at least it's interesting now am i the only one that has the feeling this season that the title race is great but there isn't actually a good team in italy at the moment
2: uh, I, I think I mean in, if you take it uh, so let's let let's try and not use the term best league, okay. but let's let let's use the term strongest league. And if we think of that of the Premier League because of the financial advantage that they have, and you look at the performance Inter put in against Liverpool at San Siro, and they were very unfortunate to lose by two goals, then. I think there's, there are good sides in Italy. There are sort of significantly strong sides in Italy, but maybe not entertaining, you know, because um, while Inter and Liverpool were very equal for a long period uh, midweek, they don't necessarily turn in performances that the likes of... Mohamed Salah and Mane allow Liverpool to turn in so I I think there is a there is a strength there but when you go lower down the leagues now this is getting a bit back into when I was studying for my degree and I was doing something about the competitive balance of, of domestic leagues and how you kind of sell that as a brand for marketing purposes and they take the points of the bottom side and the top side and they average it out and it gives you a Sort of that that gap between it effectively means you've got a long tail of just teams that are not picking up points, and you want that to be a little bit more. You want those the, the the bottom team and the top team to be closer, rather than just how big the gap is between the top three. I think Italy actually stands up quite well this year for kind of strength depth in a you know top of the table uh, sense, but just the bottom is just absolute dross when you think, look, think of the likes of Genoa. <laughs> And Emily uh, Emily em- I said Emily I said Emily instead of Emily I don't know who Emily is but anyway you draw you dross Emily
1: <laughs> they're not even that far down
0: <laughs> no, but to be fair they've been rubbish since about November yeah, like, they're, they're very fresh dross, they? I think they've got the worst defense in Saturday as well that they? yeah uh, I thought
1: that was Montana uh, they don't count, do they? Sorry again. In the literal <laughs> sense, yes, they do. <laughs> um, well, I'm not going to give anywhere near as much um, detail as Kev did because he just said it all. But um, my feeling with that is whilst I think your dad... Um, no, sorry. Whilst it is a point, I think the, the overall quality is lower than, say, the Premier League and maybe like the top team in Spain is probably better than the top team in Italy Mm. I just I I find it exhausting to sort of try and compare leagues too much Mm. like that I sort of just think this league is really fun yes there's a lot of crap in it there's also some incredible footballers and some teams who at times are incredibly good to watch and not just in a fun and chaotic way but like good quality football against other good quality teams and I think you just have to you know if if you like that, then great. <laughs> if you like it, then enjoy it and don't worry too much about what other people are doing because the other reason it gets boring is that it is basically all down to money. It just comes back down to money. And that is its own interesting discussion. But, you know, that's not what we're doing right now completely. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you could do two hours on that if we want. But, um, I don't
0: want to do that.
1: No, I don't. Even, well, <laughs> maybe one day. But certainly not right now. <laughs> so I think enjoy the mad stuff. Enjoy the conspiracy theories. But don't believe them. Let's do it.
0: Let's get to the conspiracy <laughs> theories. Enjoy Let's watching go. the people who believe Come them. On. <laughs> Come on. Right. So, Atalanta went away to Fiorentina on Sunday and we're beating 1-0. Pistolero, Piontek scored. Pum, 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 pum. And all of that. But there were conspiracy theories because Ruslan Manolovsky had a goal disallowed for offside and As the laws of the game are, as per IFAB, if a player is in an offside position and makes a run towards the ball but does not touch the ball and it goes to a player in an onside position who scores, the goal should stand. So that would make you believe that the referees just made a mistake. So we're not going to talk about referees because we tend not to, but uh, there's been some things said. And these things... When I saw them being said, expected them to be from people whose locations were Bergamo, 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 Bergamo. They weren't. So a lot of people are suggesting that Juventus have to get into the Champions League this season because they've spent money. So everybody is trying to give juventus a bit of a hand along the way so if there comes a time where juventus can be aided into getting into the top four that chance will be taken now i'm laughing and smiling while i say this to you guys so you know what i think about this but italy is a country which has recent history that makes everybody hypersensitive to the fact that something untoward might be happening in football, particularly with a couple of clubs more so than others. So my question to you, Bernsey, is firstly, do you believe it? And secondly, why do people believe it?
1: Um, no, I don't believe
0: it.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> hey, I you, don't believe anything like you, that, ever.
0: Juventus calls you to put you on this podcast. They called you to put you
1: on this podcast. Isn't the, the 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 team that I support in England growing up means that I'm never going to believe this sort of thing <laughs> because I've had it leveled at me all my life. But um, the, obviously, like you say, it's it's more ripe in Italy for obvious reasons. Yeah. You know, it's it it has more of a place in general discussion for that exact reason. You can understand why people bring it up, why people hold on to things. But I, the, the way I more view it is like. If they need helping hand along the way, and there's different officials involved every time they're playing different grounds and stuff, the, the logistics involved with that is incredible.
0: That, like that is not. A I reason know it's probably doable. That it doesn't. But, act. I look. I Can you know. Imagine trying country, to work it out. <laughs> I know this country. That's doable. <laughs> that is doable. <laughs> the,
1: the other reason why I think it's not true is that I know it's very easy to point at that and go, you know, that was an incorrect decision, but. There's been loads of them. Yeah. Like it's not it's not like the standards really high, and then this has happened sort of thing. Or, yeah. or these this happens, and it only ever happens in in a way that benefits Juve. Everyone's had one of these calls against them this season, some more than others. So I just think it's, it's just crap officiating.
0: <laughs> yeah, we we saw the 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 Milan Spetzia controversy a couple of weeks ago as well. So maybe what I should have done actually is as as a person who writes and broadcasts around Italian football is recorded a video of myself getting really angry and calling it, like, unforgivable and <laughs> disgraceful and shameful just, you know, to to show how impartial I am on Twitter. Um, yeah. The less said about that, the better, probably. I've probably already said too much. But the other... <laughs> Kev, guess who I'm going to ask you about now? Mr. Mourinho was getting involved, wasn't he? And he had to mention Juventus. It's just so I I don't even know what the decision was that happened anymore because it doesn't matter. But Mourinho gestured at the referee. The image of the, the Drake dance with a phone gesture. And what was what were the words, Ewan? His exact words, what did he say? I uh, I'm not.
1: I don't even know. I, I, I've um, I've been trying to piece it together, and for some reason it's very hard to, like you say, with the decision when you watch the game, you can't quite work out specifically what he's angry about. It's just general anger, <laughs> <So, laughs> mixed with happiness as well, because the team has just scored.
0: <laughs> I I didn't get to see this this game live, so I've just seen that the highlights of it, and I I did I actually saw the last few minutes, so I saw both of Roma's goals, but. Reneo's gesture—I I can't remember the exact word—it has gone out of my head. I'm so excited, but it was something like Juventus oh, I, I called you to put it, you I on think. this game. It was—it was something incredible. <laughs> like, and,
1: it's, it's to do with the guy's dad, isn't it?
0: Yeah, because the dad—I think I don't know if it's his dad or his uncle—was was involved in something in the mid 2000s in Italian football and certain clubs. Um, but Kev. You can't say things like that as much as we love
2: that he did. You can't do that, can you, at the side of the pitch? No, you need to be a a little bit more diplomatic, even if you're opposing Mourinho. Didn't he also boot a football away? Because I just saw a still of him sort of booting a football away. After Um, he
1: picked it up and made sure he kept it as well.
2: Yeah, that was... that was the one I thought, what is he doing there? Is it like. Because I, I assume, because we were having Storm, Frank, Alice, whatever we were having here, the, the, the footage I was watching was very grainy. So I had to kind of piece it together from stills coming through on Twitter. And I just assumed he kicked the ball away in sort of celebration of the final goal. And then I sort of saw moments later that he'd been sent off. And I thought, oh, classic Jose. But yeah, it doesn't look like it's going to be a happy marriage. For him in Rome, I think as you want to see him. Well, yeah, for you. (laughs) No, (laughs) Um, no, no, because
0: that's what they're like. That is what the city of Rome is like about football, and Mourinho fits in so perfectly. So you you mentioned him and booting the ball away, which was again, he just provided so much content this weekend. So yeah, he grabbed the ball. And then just booted it away. But then he he took to Instagram and he posted three photos <laughs> on Instagram in the same post. And the first picture is him, a Verona player, and one of his own players trying to get the ball back off him. And he says, "Picture one, ball possession." <laughs> the second picture is him booting it away, and he says, "Picture two, direct football." <laughs> the third picture is the picture of the curva. And he says, picture three, I love these people and for them I fight. And then there isn't a fourth picture, but he says, picture four, I don't talk, it's better to go home and have a nice dinner, have a good Sunday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, it's
0: brilliant. Uh, and he, that the Roma fans are like Mourinho, so I think he is at the perfect club for him right now.
1: I think what makes this... Perfect is that if we're if we're um, completely honest, when he took the job, for most people, the, the excitement around him taking the job wasn't. Oh, he might do this with the team. He might yeah. make them good. He might. It was this is this is what, this is what we wanted. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is what everyone wanted to see was this sort of madness And then when when he started up in his Instagram game, that just tied in perfectly. Um, I don't know how much he was at it before the move. To be honest, I don't remember seeing anything from him. Mm. Um, but it's. It's it's brilliant content a couple of times a week
0: now. I mean you move um, to Italy, you up your game on Instagram, don't you? That's just, just how yeah. it works. Yeah. It, it's good to know Mourinho's no different. Um but I think you're right. He did it did become a lot bigger after he came here. Interesting. I've got a
1: feeling the first the first post was like when he left Spurs. He did a post where he was like packing the back of his car or something wasn't he?
0: <laughs> I'm going through it now. So that one Really blew up, but there were the first one I remember seeing was him on a plane eating popcorn. Um, when he was at a Spurs <laughs> Europa League game, but I'm going back. His first Instagram <laughs> post was on the 6th of February 2020, so he's been around for a bit on it, to uh, be fair. Yeah. but it blew up when things were going wrong for him at, at Spurs. Um, but incredible value, <laughs> incredible value. Before we talk about the rest of Serie A. Roma drew 2-2 at Verona, by the way, but that doesn't matter. Uh, Before we talk about the rest of Serie A, Ewan, there there have been a lot of changes, or there are going to be a lot of changes in Serie A Feminile. Next season is its first professional campaign, and they've decided to basically tear things up and start from scratch, other than the fact that there's going to be three points for a win, one for a draw, and none for a loss. Can you summarise the changes that are being made
1: I'll try I wrote it earlier today but it's not easy <laughs> um, so one team is coming up from Serie B for the next season and three are going down so we're going to be left with ten teams that's the new amount and then they're all going to play each other twice like a normal league but then they get split in half so then the top five you all keep your points and um, Top five then play each other again, home and away. So that's eight uh, more that? games, eight games, yeah, eight games each, and winner is the winner. Top two are Champions League, as it already is. Bottom, the other three stay where you are, and for the bottom five, it's the bottom team goes down. Mm-hmm. Second bottom does a playoff with the second team from Serie B, which that's the bit that I really like. I think that's great. (laughs) I think think that's great. That's what they do in Germany and it's like, it's always, even if you watch nothing of German football, that game is always worth seeing because you get these colliding worlds of confidence, basically. (laughs) And it just is always a really good game.
0: Yeah, I grew up going to League of Ireland games every week and and my team were, I mean, almost without fail every season involved in a relegation playoff. (laughs) And they are fun. <laughs> they are horrible, but they are really fun when you win and you get to look back on them. Um, I've, I have support a team that lost two relegation playoffs in the same season, got relegated twice in the same season, and started the next season in the highest division in the in the country. That's just how the League of Ireland works. Uh, relegated twice in one season and didn't go down. <laughs> get that tattooed on not going to ask how that <laughs> happened. <laughs> <laughs> Probably for the best. To be honest, yeah. but yeah. So to, to sum things up, it's a professional league. There are fewer teams, two full rounds, eighteen games total. Then a split league with two more mini league games, eight more games total, um, and one point five relegation promotion places. One automatic, the 0.5 being the the playoff. So it's going to be good, and I'm quite excited for the that, those mini leagues because every single game of those is going to be decent at both ends of the se- at both ends of the of the table, because. What unfortunately happens is there's such a big difference in quality between Juventus, but then also Sassuolo, Milan and Roma and probably Inter soon enough. And the likes of Pomigliano, Lazio, Napoli, San Marino last season. So they're going to be all playing against each other. And I think it's going to be quite fun. Still questions to be seen as to how things filter down to Serie B. If they do or if the, the gap in quality is just going to increase, which you would hope it, it won't. But look, baby steps. And the steps are finally being taken. It's, it's going to be a professional league, and, and the players are going to be correctly re- rewarded for what is already a professional-level commitment from them. So progress is good. It will probably be slow, but it's it's moving in the right direction, thankfully. But now, back to Serie A where, look, I, I don't know what to say anymore. I, I've, I've I've peaked with the excitement of all the of all the controversy. But Kev, Sampdoria got a big win over Empoli. They won 2-0. Your friend and mine, Fabio Coagliorella, scored. So, obviously, I'm coming to you. He didn't just score once, he scored twice. And, I mean, why would you ever doubt him? He's fit again, so, of course, he's going to score again.
2: Yeah, it's just a shame... Arnautovic scored two, otherwise he might have been my player of the week. Don't you dare. Um, obviously, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was a bigger, <laughs> it was a more important win for Bologna, so Granierella can't Don't possibly be. you dare, <laughs> Kevin. Hey, just saying. Um, yeah, it, I, it feels like it's going to be his last year. Will it be his last year? I think his body's um,
0: telling him it's his last year this time, isn't it? I mean, he's,
2: but, he's not uh, been about. But he took his goal he took his goals well. You know, the second just sort of that strike across the mm. across the goal. Um Yeah, not a lot else to say. You know, Vito's <laughs> obviously missing. Um Yeah, you don't have to go on, don't worry. We're
0: in that bit where we go through the games really quickly now. So that'll yeah. do. That'll do. You and Venezia Genoa finished one one. A, a result that doesn't really suit anybody, but I mean Venezia will probably be happier because it means Genoa didn't get any closer to them. They're now on twenty two points. Genoa sixteen, Cagliari in eighteenth on twenty two as well as Venezia.
1: Yeah, it's the same way, like like that Genoa time game that you went to. Not really any use for anyone, but um, like I say, for Venezia it's all about just keep them at arm's length, just get them away from you a little bit, and you know they they would have loved to win that, won that because it would. Do the world a good, but they didn't. So
0: <laughs> they didn't. No, Kev. Yeah, we are kind of just going to ignore into this week.
2: I mean, we spoke we've touched, we've touched on them. <laughs> yeah, we've touched on them a number of times, but not actually of the game. That yeah,
0: but see, that was that. I, I feel like with with the top this week, we didn't really dissect Solano Milan either. We just kind of mentioned it as part of a. A bigger mess. So I don't know.
2: Actually, did, I Did you have credit. something you want to say? Yeah. Well, there was the one thing that I saw a little bit of controversy over because again, I didn't, I couldn't see very many good pictures of this thing. Was the um, you know I was told or I heard that uh, Skamaka hadn't celebrated, and there was some sort of talk of he didn't do that because he's off to ins. Do people read too much into celebrations nowadays? Oh, almost definitely. He doesn't
1: really celebrate that much from my memory. He, he, he always seems to take a few seconds to mentally digest that he scored a goal for some reason and then he sort of smells a bit of his teammates and that seemed to be what he did.
0: Did you say he smells a bit of his teammates?
1: I heard smiles smells. A bit. <laughs> I, I heard smells. No, he, he I, smells. I, I, I can it. forgive that. He, he smiles a bit with his teammates. You didn't say wick either. Oh, said... Raspadori, you've got lovely shampoo.
0: <laughs> but he, he does. He smells a bit of his
1: teammates. What bit? Well, I mean, that, that might be true as well. It's, <laughs> it's, it's still not what I said. <laughs> so I can't answer your it's, question. There's
0: three of us here, and two of us are at, confirming that you said smells. Yeah. No, I,
1: I think it's a fair thing to have misheard. It's a fair not, thing I won't fight you on that but I know what said. I said
0: <laughs> It's a fair thing well, to I, have mistakenly I, said
1: I want um, credit for this game because we, we, we skimmed over it slightly in the preview just because um, there was other games Your credit about. for the win What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, I do So uh, at the end of the preview I, I very quickly said that um, I think Swell could actually get something from this game with the players that Inter had out, and oh, that's Rasmus brave. Uh, the team that well, won away you know, at
0: Juventus and Milan, if, and beat last year, <laughs> they might win. Someone's so, going to say it. That's a didn't. bold shout.
1: Actually, <laughs> and lo and behold, two players that, that, that I specifically mentioned because you'll see yeah, that my, they're not even head the headline players.
0: this says: Inter are facing a potential banana skin this weekend. And I did go on to say, I did go on to say. Gianluca Scamacca and Giacomo Raspadori are back in the eleven and more than capable of causing Inter problems. So, if we're talking about people taking credit, Ewan,
1: <laughs> then, I'm going to take well, that.
0: But, <laughs> do you want to come, come again?
1: Sassuolo are inde- indebted to us <laughs> <laughs> for, for giving them the confidence to go win it, San Siro. <laughs> oh,
0: shut up. Shut up, you little... You little snake. It's my win
1: and I'm taking it.
2: <laughs> Can
0: we go back to the bottom? Oh,
1: sorry.
2: We still talk about smelling. Thanks. Um, Ewan,
0: Venezia, <laughs> Genoa. Did we talk about that or did we not yep. talk about it? We did talk um, about I, it. I already had
1: very little to say, so Kev's, i don't do it again.
0: Kev's, Kev's throwing me off with his little <laughs> message. Um, Bologna beat Spezia, Kevin. Apparently that's a big result. Marco Anatovic scored twice for the first time since coming back to Serie A. And Raymond, and I scored for Spezia to open things up, but it's a good win for Bologna to give them their credit.
2: Yeah, it's so they're up to thirty one points now. They you know a couple more wins they'll be they'll be safe. It, it's I I am quite happy. It sound Maybe like you just woke I, up. Oh, well, sometimes <laughs> I have. Sometimes I have if you two are ravaging on. Um, for,
0: again, your Twitter handle is literally no, know, rabbit know, rabbit I on. I know, I know. Um, he spoke I'm, for I'm... seven minutes as a monologue at the start of the podcast, and now he's at this. Here you are.
1: Very <laughs> uh... <laughs> <So> good point, all <laughs> <on>, mate.
2: <laughs> um, I'm quite pleased for Arnautovic. I don't know if everybody expected him to do so well at Bologna or that it was blown up well? because he would, well, I, you he's know, not. maybe I'm more. Maybe I'm more impressed that he hasn't blown up around the, the sort of lack of quality around him, really. But um, I'd love to have his figures in front of me, but it feels like he scored a few decent goals, goals him,
1: which isn't bad.
0: Right, but before that, I was
1: six. It's distinctly respectable. It's just it's <laughs> yeah.
0: what you'd expect from a Bologna it sign. That right. can go into well, my player in of the week. But oh, uh, bear post. in mind, they were partying in the streets when they signed him. <laughs> You don't party in the streets for eight goals in 26 games. And he's not been very good. I'm going to dispute this. He's just not Federico Santander, who is the worst striker I've ever seen play a professional football match in my life. I mean, the bar was low at Bologna. (laughs) Okay.
2: Shut it down.
0: (laughs) What was that? That was so feeble. <laughs> that was the
2: that
1: was the OK yeah. of a man who didn't yeah, want to go yeah. this deep into a debate about Arnautovic. <laughs> yeah, okay. It was a passing comment. I've
0: been because as soon as I saw Bologna fans f- celebrating in the streets when they signed Marco Arnautovic, I've been waiting for him to have a distinctly average season, and he's doing it because he's an average player, if even that. So respectable okay, not, season.
1: Yeah. He's not the best bloke either, it seems fairly clear. So I, 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 I don't never,
0: like him. i <laughs> no, never, never wish like him that him. well. <laughs> and I'm glad that he's not having a great time. Although, I'd never say that to his face or to the face of anyone at it's Bologna good, because yeah. he's probably quite hard, isn't he? Um, Kev, do you want to talk about Arnautovic or can we...
2: No, no. You, you, you crack on. All
0: right, moving from 1... <laughs> bloke with really good morals to a club with really good morals Lazio drew 1-1 away at Udinese um Udinese are kind of slipping down into the the dog fight they're just three points above the others and could we now whisper it whisper it but Could we finally get rid of them this season?
1: He he says with glee in his heart.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sonia, stop listening, please. You know they'll just
2: end up... They'll end up pulling out a couple of wins and they'll be fine.
0: Yeah, they always stay off, but let us believe. This is the time when we can think, oh, they're going down this year. Because we have this conversation every February, I swear. No one's biting, no? Udinese are no. going to stay up. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've, already, mean, I, I've already made enemies with Sonia. I I saw you made up. I did call you and a snake and abuse Ken. For, <laughs> <laughs> for Andrew, so, fair enough if you're not going to play ball with me on the
2: rest of this. I, 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 I've wanted Udinese to get relegated ever since they wore 11 <laughs> different shirts in one game. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Hang on.
0: Right. When you said 11 different... I expected you to say in one season. But then you said in one game. And because it's Serie A and it's Udinese, I think that might have actually happened.
2: It did, yeah. It was for charity. They, char- they wore a shirt from the last like 11 seasons and auctioned them off from charity. What? I think the only person that wasn't was the goalkeepers. So it must have been 10 different outfield shirts. Yeah, but you would have
0: worn... the same every year anyway. It, but it's
2: well, yeah, it is still 11. But hang on.
0: They wore 11 different...
2: Yeah, from the city. From the, when was I'm sure, this? I'm sure Di Natale was still playing, but I will find.
1: This yes, it requires it out. a Google.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah. Udinese, Eleven Shirt. Um, they don't need to listen to us. <laughs> do this, do they? Tap, it was tap, 2018. Tap, tap, tap. There we go. Oh wow! It was, it was, against against well. was, was it against Lazio as well? Was it against Lazio? Dean Natale was definitely not playing in 2018, was he? No, 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 no. The, no, no BBC sure.
1: have got a technical problem. Oh. Um,
0: I vaguely remember this but not well enough that I can picture it but anyway um, that'll do I reckon do either of you have anything else to say have I missed something incredibly obvious
1: uh, I don't think so I've not even really been in the loot this weekend so I won't know <laughs>
0: I'm glad you said that at the end of the podcast. And not at the so, <laughs> it's all been lies. I'm sorry for anything you listened to that came out of and Burns' mouth. Disregard it <laughs> as, as swiftly as you heard it, which is generally sound advice anyway. But a reminder yeah. that we will be back on Tuesday night, Kevin and I, more of this, to talk Hi. about Juventus's what? Champions League game. Um, so that'll be good. And then we'll be back again on... When are we recording the other one? Thursday
2: night, so Friday Thursday morning. Night. We'll be that'll back. be post. That'll be post the pub. So you know, look out for that one, uh, listeners. You and you free Thursday night, mate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go with no. <laughs> no, this is your week off. This is your week off. Um, right, we'll be back on Tuesday night and Thursday night, Friday morning, with the Champions League review pod and the Serie A preview pod as well. So we will speak to you then. Kev, say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Ewan goodbye everybody you're still not very good at it it's goodbye from me we'll speak to you
2: soon <laughs> jose we'd like to thank you for the trophies and the good times too we'll sing your name at every game you're the special one and we all love you ready girls <laughs> the best in the world we all know
1: whoa, whoa.
2: we didn't ever want you to go Jose Mourinho, the man who stole the show. You're the special one and you dynamo. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jose Mourinho. You're special. You're special. You'll always be special, Jose. We'd love to see you back for a third term one day.
1: There we go, back for a third term. Who knows? We're going to carry on singing this song. It's very catchy. I don't know the words, but it won't take me long. Come on, Paul. But us you're proud, you are sexier than girls
0: allowed.